0: This is comic picks by the Glick, and here's your host Jason Glick. Hey, John. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Hey, it's like I'm just, you know, just like getting ready, second myself up for for the Avengers, which you know I'm actually not going to be seeing this week because I've got you know social social obligations beyond beyond the scope of it. So yes. Oh yeah. So hopefully I'll be putting a review out in the next next uh, two weeks or so. But I'm still still looking forward to it because hey, it's like it's. It's and it's, I mean, like, when it was first announced, like, a lot of people just didn't think it was going to be possible. No one thought they were going to be able to chorale just, like, all the stars from uh, all of Marvel's, like, all, all of Marvel's movies. Well, actually, no one thought that um, any of them, like, we were still thinking about, you know, are, the, are any of Marvel's movies going to be successful enough to warrant this thing? Like, I mean, yeah, we had had, um, like, Robert Downey Jr. rocked the house in Iron Man, but you know, at this when it was announced, I mean, they were saying like, "Oh, we're gonna get Thor, we're gonna get Captain America," and um, people were gonna wonder like, you know, these movies gonna actually give any good? And also, like, now that Robert Downey Jr. is a huge A-list star for because of Iron Man, why is he why is he even gonna want to commit to like this ensemble piece? For, like for a big popcorn flick. Yeah, why would he share the stage? I mean, how would he feel about that? Right? I mean, he's gonna be one out of what's the fraction here? Uh, we're talking about like, uh, let's see, uh, that's uh, six major principal, seven major principal characters. Between you got Thor, you got Iron Man, you got Captain America, you got Thor, um, you got um, Nick Fury, Hulk, um, Hawkeye, and and Black Widow. Like, I'll make up the Inve- the Avengers, and you know, eight if you want to count Agent Coulson. Um, so it's like, I mean, like you just get like this big like ensemble cast right here. I mean, like, when I heard that they were going to like try to shoehorn. Um, like Hawkeye and the Black Widow in here. I thought I thought that okay, you know, maybe we're trying to get like too many characters into this into this film here. But you know, it's like since then we found out that you know, Joss Whedon is going to be um, writing and directing this movie. Uh-huh. And uh, and to be honest, like you know, it's like you know, Whedon hasn't really made like you know, like a, a bad sip in, as far as most of his. Most of his work is has gone. In fact, like biggest, he's like you just kind of he's the kind of guy you wish that had like who should have been he should have been a much bigger name than than he is by now. I mean, like this, I mean, like with with him writing and directing the Avengers, the opening weekend is is going to be like one where he one where he like it's made the opening week will make more money than any of his previous films that he's been involved with have combined. So, so there I mean, the man man absolutely deserves it, and. Um, it's like, and it's like, I'm, it's like, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to it, and plus, of the reviews so far I've heard have been like, like astonishing. We're, we're look, we're talking like probably maybe best wi- best reviewed wide release of the year. Hmm. I mean, it could, it could could wind up that way. I mean, you know, much as I want to think that you know Batman is gonna, is going to, um, like you know, like absolutely destroy it. You know, I get the feeling that you know Batman, um, well, The Dark Knight Rises is probably gonna, want to be an exercise in uh, tempering expectations because you know it's like as fantastically great as The Dark Knight was it's one of those it's one of those events where like you know it's lightning in a bottle and to try and capture that a, se- a second time around you know the only way this is going to happen is if like we we find out that Jesus has shown up for the premiere and says yo man this film's fucking great <laughs> so yeah considering Batman you know the last film i mean like what almost reached Titanic proportions. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like until like, uh, Avatar came on, it was the second, it was like the only film to actually give, to almost give Titanic a run for its money as like the highest grossing film like in, in the US in terms of raw dollars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like for, for this one, I mean, I mean, I want, like, after four years, I want to say that, you know, that Christopher Nolan and company, like they've, they're, they're really, they've really had a chance to plan things out and um, like deliver like the best, Best sequel they can they can, but at the same time, I mean, The Dark Knight was just like this perfect storm of expectations that you know, like I said, short of Jesus showing up <laughs> and giving it his endorsement, yeah. um, we we are going to be disappointed. So, so I mean, it's like that's that's all I want. That's all I to say about The Dark Knight. But Avengers though, you know, Avengers is like you know pure. Like I said, it's pure popcorn fantasy. It's not going to have nearly like the residents of of Batman. Or even, the, or or the Dark Knight specifically, but still, it's like I'm I'm looking forward. It should be like a it should be a lot of fun, and um, if it's not, then well, it's like you'll be hearing about that later on. Still, though, I'm here to talk about the comics because you know it's like the Avengers. I mean, for years it was um for years it was an also ran franchise. I mean, we're talking like for like the, the X Men was like the X was Marvel's bread and butter for so long that you know everyone else just kind of like took took a second fiddle to it. I mean, like Avengers, like Avengers included and it's like even though like the, seri- like the series like series kind of like, you know, set the standard for, like, you know, superhero superhero team-up books and a lot of like and produced a lot of classic stories, it was, you know, just seen just kind of seen as just kind of like, oh, we're it's like it's just kinda like oh, it's Marvel's like you know, other main main superhero franchise. That all changed when um, Brian Michael Bendis took over um writing um like a, like so like many, like I'm um, in the middle of the yachts, and i um, gave us like Avengers, Avengers assembled, and I'm um, relaunched the series as New Avengers. Then became Marvel's premier franchise, and basically set the stage for um, for, like for a for a, um, for, like for Marvel's um, like um development of the, like of, of the series like and the characters as movies. Because essentially, because the thing is, like Marvel had great had a real incentive, to, like you know, make the Avengers successful again in comics because. Unlike say Spider-Man, unlike the X-Men, Marvel still owns all the rights to the Avengers. So naturally, they can like push these characters as being, you know, A-list movie, it's like um like movie worthy characters. See also um like um Hal Jordan's rise in um and, and Green Lantern in um in the DC universe. Still though, it's like for me though like the the Avengers has never been like a must-read franchise. Must-read series for me because they've never actually like because uh, except for certain rare exceptions, there's never been like the amount of buzz or like critical acclaim for certain stories that have like gotten me involved in them. Like, to that point, though, it's like like for when I wanted to, like though say go back to the um, talk about a series that discusses the Avengers origins, I went to the um, revisionist his- history um, approach, um, um, exemplified by Joe Casey in Earth's Mightiest Heroes Ultimate Collection. This collects the uh, two um, eight-issue series that he did um, de- um, detailing the, uh, the history of the Avengers' earliest days. Now, short version is that um, the series started out with um, Iron Man, Thor, Wasp, and um, an Ant-Man and the Hulk teaming up to like you know, combat threats um, like the no that that um, they couldn't come that they couldn't um, face face individually individually, and um, well, you know, like the Hulk. Like the um, bit with the Hulk, I'm um, kind of flamed out um real quick. So by issue four, he was out, and um that but but soon but soon afterwards, they discovered Captain America, and he became he became like one, like a cornerstone of the team to the to the point where like the core Avengers team is signified by Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Now, Casey's um take on Earth's Mightiest Heroes basically um looks basically at it takes like a much more um decompressed approach to the to the team's earliest days, and asks, you know, what, how were these people with so, so the, such disparate personalities um, able to work together, like overcome their differences, and be a te- be a superhero team for the for the ages? Um, Casey um, actually does have a good handle on the, the team dynamics. I'm mean, a nice bunch of conflict between it was like Iron Man. And um the government's um agent merch as they, they butt heads over like trying to get um security security clearance. Captain America um coming back to a world that see that is um much, much different than he than he remembers. Um um Thor having to deal with all these people and their it's like and their neuroses, even though even they don't believe that he's um that he is actually of godly of origin. It's like and um it's like ant man and or or Hank Pym, the Ant Man, and then um, later on Giant Man, and and his what, and his um, love interest um, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp. Them just like trying to like deal, with, also deal with all these, and then it's like and their own, it's like and their own neuroses as being some of the more mortal members of of the te- team itself. It's like um, Casey's approach, um, probably will probably drive like a lot of people nuts in the sense that it it does. That uh, there isn't really like a whole lot of, like um direct superhero action. It, it is like foc- mo- foc- more focused on the character development, and also the bureaucratic um aspect of the you know, Avengers trying to get like their priority clearance, you know, the things that would allow them to you know be superheroes without all with all this like um government red red tape. It's kind of I mean like I can see people being um like annoyed by that, but you know it's like I but. But I like Casey's um takes on this stuff in the past specifically wild his wildcats 3.0 series and it's like it's clear that he has a lot of affection for the like for the for the old stories for the old stories here it's like it's in fact like it's this this first the first eight issues are a great tale of, of a team like you know coming into its own and like, these people learning to work together and um devote themselves to it to an ideal much much bigger themselves. In fact, it does kind of feel like Casey is kind of pitching his own Avengers movie right here, like you know, just updating the team's classic origin for modern for modern era, and actually just go you know, filling in like the bits that um, that that were glossed over for expediency's sake in the early days. So I mean, the, so the first half, like it's like I really jo- enjoyed it. I mean, It had a clear clear sense of purpose. Um, great, it's like great character development and some nice art from Scott Collins. The second eight issues. Are a um, much different bag because it's because it's a because uh, we're t- cause we're taking like a much dis- um, different area from uh, different time period from the series. Should, did you want to say something? Nope. Okay. Okay, and okay, because the second eight issues, Earth's Earth, Mightiest Heroes number two um basically takes a uh, it takes a a like a, a different different um por different um look at these at the um, at the uh, at the heroes era um and focusing on a much different set of set of heroes because while the uh because while the first, first series focused mainly on Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, um Giant Man, the Wasp so and um Hawkeye um towards towards the end. This series um well it also focuses on like Hawkeye, the wasp, giant man, but also um um the vision and um the Black Panther. So effectively we're getting like kinda of like a B list team here. Now, I mean like long time Avengers fans are probably gonna be annoyed at this, my vision of this, but to be honest, like, you know, any, any Avengers team without um you know Captain America, Iron Man and Thor, you know, we're dealing with like B list characters here. Not that they're any list interesting but the thing is um Right Heroes 2 suffers from like a clear lack of purpose in the beginning cuz while the first series had a had basically like had that whole revisionist history approach to it this one is kind of like well what are we trying to trying to do here it's like it's not it's not immediately obvious at all and i'm um, and you're going to and you read this you're going to be lost and try trying to figure out why like, you know what is the whole purpose of this of this particular series Eventually, two key things come into play here. First is the uh, is the fact that the uh, is the um, addition of the vision to the team, and the fact that you know he is a, a synthetic creation, like a virtual android, and the fact that you know like, how how can we trust how can we trust like a robot you know, to to be on this team when you know robots are like, clearly evil and they're out to destroy mankind and rah rah rah. I mean, you've all seen the Matrix, so. So you've got yeah that kind of conflict right there. Then you've also got like um, Giant Man's um, crisis of con- crisis of confidence as he, tr- he as, as he as he's basically unfortunately a sensible team leader role, but also like as a scientist he is very much like out of his depth here, and he feels you know kind of marginalized in the face of more proactive heroes like like Hawkeye and the Black, the Black Panther. This leads to what I th- originally thought was going to be the was was one of the most um, out there sections where he basically um, cracks into the stress and reinvents himself as a as like a much more proactive um, Batman style hero in the form of um, Yellow Jacket, and um, everyone sees that okay, you are still Hank Pym, um, Giant Man, but now you are crazy because you're like trying to pretend to be another hero, and we can all tell tell that you're this other guy. So they're so they're at a loss as to what what to do when this guy when um, Yellow Jacket comes. Um, knocking on the door asking to be mem- member of the Avengers and um they're kind of like thinking, okay, how can we I uh, this guy needs to be committed, but how can we do this without, you know, like completely ruining our reputation. Now his love interest, um on the wasp, like she's like she's completely floored by this as well. But she also looks at this and realizes, okay, you guys, you're like he's a member of your team. You're trying like thinking about ways to have him committed instead of trying to help him. So, you know, it's like I'm gonna go ahead and like take the plunge and even though he wants to marry me I'm gonna marry him. This seems like complete like completely bizarro um plotting here until you find out that, you know, this actually happened in the context of the of the um original issues themselves. So it's clear that like Casey is trying to like um rehabilitate a crazy, um, silver age um like Marvel Marvel plot here to actually give, you know, proper context and um explanations for these things. I mean, it's it's insane, especially since you consider that um that um, giant man has actually gone on to become the uh, the Chris Brown of the superhero set in the sense that he is basically um, his defining moment is is um, basically um, be- beating his wife, going to prison, and then you know um, being re- rehabilitated for it. So it's so on one hand, like uh, I mean, My Heroes too. I mean, it takes a while to get going until you actually see the goddamn point to it. But it's not uh, Well, let's just say it's like. I wouldn't recommend buying it separately, but since the multiple collection co- com, um, contains both, um, I guess I guess I can tell you that, you know, okay, just keep reading to the end. It'll eventually make sense. Or, because, I mean, you paid like 35 bucks for this, you might as well get your money's worth. In any case, um, Casey's um, revisionist history approach still reads a lot better than, in, than the old school stuff, which I picked up, which I got a taste of for... Um, in the essential Avengers volume four, which we're getting it's like really, um, like, you know, densely packed, um, like care, i um, action and dialogue. It's a care, as Avengers face off against the squadron sinister, the game master. It's like it's like, and all these, it's like, and all these other, um, crazy people from the, it's like, like from, from the seventies. And it's, and I, am reading this, like just about everything in this volume was written by Roy Thomas. And it's, it's just, like you know, standard generic superhero superhero stuff. That I just couldn't. Um, I just really couldn't get into. I mean, I had really forced myself to get to read through a lot of a lot of this stuff because it just it feels really dated. And you know, I, okay, I realize that you know I'm I'm a like I'm a 32 year old guy trying to like um uh, like enjoy stuff that was um, written for kids back in the 70s. Um. But it it really hasn't aged well at all. But the whole reason I got this this particular volume was because it contains what is said to be one of the greatest um, Avengers epics of all, the Kree Scroll War. Um, like, and reading and reading through that right there, you know, I kind of wish I just been able, that Marvel had actually released the um, hardcover in time because I could have just read that and been done with it. But the um, the much vaunted um, Kree Scroll War um, doesn't really like, focus so much on Kree's fighting the scrolls. I mean, yeah, they're mentioned in the like, in the background a couple times, and it even comes to the f- forefront later on. But still, it's, I mean, it's like it's it's like it's almost like an, it almost feels like an afterthought in a lot of in a lot of these issues. As we're it's like as we see like things like the Kree trying to devolve, it's like devolve America. The um, see like some like um the, the Avengers being being disbanded. It's like, and it's, I don't know, it's like, it's, to be honest, like I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, um, give me, um, give me the, give me Annihilation, give me, um, like, give me Keith Jiffin or, um, Dan Abnett, Andy Landings, um, Annihilation or, or other cosmic sagas, it's like over, over this right here. Yeah, I know it's, it's a classic story and I'm way out of the age range required to appreciate it, but still... But still, it's like I said, I wish it's like I can like Avengers, Essential Avengers Volume four in the kree scroll war pass. Okay, still though, um, like Avengers, like, like when I started reading comics, I, mean, like I said Avengers were like the also man compared to the X-Men. Then, um, then there was a time when like you know, a lot more was primary heroes, it was Captain America, Iron Man, um, Fantastic Four, and and the Avengers themselves were given were given the a list treatment when they were um, when they are sent off to um to um to like um Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld studios for for from for, um, the Heroes Are Born um epic and and the thing is like well and that didn't work out initially as intended because you know because as everyone knows like Rob Liefeld is a 18- Terrible artist, an even worse storyteller. So that halfway through, Marvel canceled its contract with him and basically gave the whole thing over to Jim Lee's Wildstorm Studios. But um, this only, like I said, this only this only lasted for a year, and they wanted to give because they wanted to give like some buzz and heat back to these characters before they brought them back to the Marvel Universe. And when they did, then they um, put them back in the hands of um, of great of um, great creators such as um, Kurt Busick for. um, Avengers and Iron Man, Mark Wade, um, who had basically revitalized Captain America a year prior with Zone Run, and um, oh, who else? Oh yeah, Scott Lobdell for uh, for uh, Fantastic Four, but that didn't last very long. Anyway, but the thing is, um, Kurt Busiek and um, teamed up with um, legendary artist George Perez for a for a lengthy run on on Avengers, and that's what I and I picked up the first hard co- softcover volume of that, um, titled like Avengers Assemble. And you know, it's like it's it's good, solid superhero storytelling. Certainly, Lightyear is a better above what we got in the uh, in the '70s, but it still has that like you know verbose, like overwritten style that that characterizes Silver Age and and um, style, and it's like it's kind of Busick's default style. Now, Busick is I think he's a good writer, but I think he's better when he's not. You know, like like I'm working on like um stuff like mainstream stuff like this. Like, my favorite stuff has from him has been um, Dark Horse's Conan series, which allows him to channel that Silver that silver Age style to a much, much darker and more interesting effect. Um, here, you know, it's like, reading these, like, Avenger stories, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's like a huge heaping, like, slice of fan service in the sense that he's, that, you know, he's, the first couple of stories basically involve, like, every Avenger ever, um, being like being attacked by um um warped Asgardian s guardian foes and then being um thrown into a parallel um medieval going u- to a remade um um reality by Morgana Le Fay Um and we're and they're like fighting each other in like in a, fe- in, in a feudal medieval world and then um, eventually going on to fight um fight a mind controlled squadron supreme again and um and there's even a mini um like crossover as they um, team up to fight 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 a Kree um, effort to take over the world, and it's like I said, it's 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 familiar, predictable, like superhero action. Busiek has a he has a good handle on all the characters, and Perez, well, I mean, the guy's the guy's fantastic, and he's one of those guys who will just draw every goddamn thing on the page. It's like Wizard um, once joked that this guy obviously must get um, paid by the line um, for all the uh, detail he puts into puts into his work right here but you know it's like as far as, I, as, far as i'm concerned it's like it's it, it's all right i mean if i hadn't um if i didn't want to like actually um like seek out this particular um like Aaron avengers to talk about right now i'm not sure if i if i would have um, got, got this otherwise because it's just it just feels like you know like too predictable too familiar and um not and it's, like, it's just kind of like you know like ordinary for the most part. I mean, I, I like um, Busick's fact. Busick's um, like the sense that he that he gives his characters like there's this aware, self awareness, and so that a lot of stuff has been done before, such as when um such as such sort of when one of the, like one of the um when Justice of the New Warriors um, mentions that hey you know this um this um plan to the, the fact that the Norn stones have been um sent into five different spaces. Um, it's, it's probably a plan to get like us to split up in order to um, like track them down. And then everyone, everyone in the room looks at him and saying, looks him in the room saying, "Duh." And then and he realizes that, "Oh yeah, you do realize this trap. My bad." So I mean, there's there's that's lots, that's lots fun like fun little self aware moments like that that I like. But the overall stories are just kind of like, "Eh, I could take it or leave it." Still though, um, Busek um, d- does manage to get his dimension. Does, can't tell an, a really epic story wants, because the the one Avengers story I did own prior to on um, the Bendis era was on um, his Ultron Unlimited when the entire team has to take on um the, like the uh, the cra- crazed robot um, who is basically massacred a mythical or no a fictional um, European country and um they've and they've all got, they've all they have to all go in and take and take care of it it's so like it's it's a good example of like. It, it it still retains like a lot of the the issues i mentioned like you know like the overwritten dialogue the um like the essential predictability of it but still it's like it's it's a nice nice little mini epic right there and it's like it's a lot of fun you can you can pick it up in the um second volume of, of avengers assemble now that said i as i've said before on this podcast my um it's like my uh, my avengers are Bendis' avengers and reading, and re- I went and reread the uh, first three volumes of New Avengers just to familiarize myself. You know, think about you know what exactly sets this apart from from what the uh, from what I've just read right here. And you know, more than anything else, I do feel it. I do feel it is kind of like it is Bendis's it is Bendis's dialogue. It is like the uh, and you know, actually, like, to be honest, like you know, it's like Bendis like writes like his he's just makes things go, feel flow at a much more sprightly pace. And to be honest, as I'm reading this, I realize that I, I'm... I do as i like a kind of a... Uh, like a more... I, I am more enlightened now to the um to the whole, like, you know, writing for the trade bit. Because, I mean... How, like, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about with the B6 Avengers, the old-school, like, 70s-style Avengers, yeah, they are kind of written for the... There is... They, they're very, very dense in terms of, like, the dialogue, story... And again, like the pa- in the pacing, and um and Bendis's, like, I mean, it just flows a lot better. But that's also because I'm reading it in trade because I can't stand to um read stuff like you know on a month by month basis like that whole to be continued like month after month just like grates on my nerves after a while. While like you know having to be just like waiting six getting to, to be continued and waiting six months um on rare occasion, that actually does feel feel a lot better for me. So, but but you know Bendis's um ben's dialogue really it's like really does make make a lot of make a lot of difference and it does um it's it gets like i say much much more much more lively feel and it's like the and and the stories are 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 also more interesting as well it's just the um the, the, the prison break which um which is them tracking down the which is the prison break which opens the uh it's like the first volume of new new avengers and and the um Multiple levels of deceit that i um, that Spider Woman is operating under when she, when she joins the team. So and, it's like the uh, like it's like the true identity of Ronan, which I still don't think is a is a cheat compared, because I figure that the muscles were actually you know part of the let's say part part of the costume, and like the um the overall story that um, i was setting up, which which is eventually resolved in uh, or like. Like a lot of the stuff I'd hear that was an interesting right here was paid off in, it's like in um and in, in Secret Invasion, but still though I realize it's a huge, massive tonal shift that you know anyone who's reading the Avengers before is I can see like why you would um my people would hate this stuff, but being like to be honest, I mean this is like like I said before this is when I first started reading the Avengers, and like go you know, approach is going to be kind of like the uh, like the the default like the like what I always come back to, and what what really got got me into the series, for lack of a better word. However, and I'm I'm coming up on the end here. Um, the other notable take on the Avengers in my collection, and what I am willing to bet the movie itself will re- reflect more often than not, is Mark Miller and Brian Hitch's The Ultimates. Now, it's a sign of the time. It was a sign of the times that when um the the Ultimate Avengers. Um, series was announced that they couldn't actually say it was Ultimate Avengers. They actually went and called it the Ultimates because you know the Avengers um, brand had sunk so low, and they wanted to give it you know like a nice, nice, um, fresh, fresh shine for the um, like for the for the new era. Now, I bought this series, and this is. This is the time when I came out, when I was buying, actually still buying, when I bought stuff in single issues, because when I heard that like Miller and Hitch were teamed up to do a series, I thought, fuck yeah, I got to buy that shit when it comes out. No more waiting for the trade for me. I'm going to get it now. And once all 13 issues had come out, I had gone, okay, no more buying, buying single issues. After all the delays here, I'm wait, I'm waiting for the trade for good from now on. Which served me very well once, um, once the second um, volume of the Ultimates was was concluded. For all those you remember how, who remember how long it took that series that series to come out, but still, um, like Miller and Hitches, um, I take on, take on the series. Well, okay, let me let me back up a second. I've said like knowing this shit about um, Miller's style in like sorry, on the side on this podcast. But you know, it's like and rereading this these thirteen issues, you know, I can see the genesis of a lot of stuff that um that annoys that annoys the hell out of me about about um about Mill Arts. Like I mean, the attitude hadn't gone become overbearing yet, but the on the nose dialogue is still it is still there. Like the whole like the whole it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna die, use my ultimate attack to beat you, but um, oh yeah, you're still not dead, like that's all that's also there as well. But there's still but in his approach, like, like, showing a 21st century Avengers team, I mean, there's still, like, a lot of a lot of fun to be had, such as his, like, his um, gleeful alcoholic take on, it's like, on Tony Stark, Thor's um, Man of the People, um, like, anti, it's like, it's like anti-big government approach, um, like, Captain America's um, Man Out, it's like Man Out of Time, it's like, I'm, like, 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 uh, his man his man of time man, mannerisms and, and tastes. I mean, there's a moment in like in issue three where he, he goes back to um meet up with his, um with, um, with Bucky and his old girlfriend, Gail finds out they're married. And he, he wants, he wants to see, see Gail just one last time. But then she says like, no, it's like, I can't, can't see you. Cause like, you know, you don't want to see me like this. I mean, there's, there's moments in here that actually feel, you know, heartfelt and sensitive, which I can't, I can't imagine Miller being able to pull off it like like today with his with his current you know attitude attitude and snark beats all style and um and Hitch's art is you know it's it's absolutely fantastic. I mean to be honest, like I was I forgotten how much of the uh, first first four issues were just you know just like heroes sitting around talking, but it's still but he still pulls off incredibly well. And when he when he cuts loose with um Hulk taking on with old demolishing Manhattan in issue five, and the uh, and the not scroll invasion, um, in the second half of the series. I mean this. I mean, I mean there's a reason I keep talking about why my hitch is such a fantastic artist and the and how he does like widescreen destruction destructive action like no one else. And that's that's all in this series right here. I mean, like the Ultimates feels like a still has the energy of a mod of like a of a really. It's like it's a really clever. I'm um, reinventing reinvention the team, just like divesting itself of the baggage, and just like setting itself self up for the modern era. Um, to be honest, like, if you've never read a Mark Millar title, it's like you'll probably you may enjoy this like a lot more than I had now because I'm my enjoyment of the series is now weighed down by the fact that I can see like the beginnings of like of how his writing style just went completely wrong for me. But still, the Ultimates, like I said, it's great. It's great stuff and it's like it's tr- it's sad how how bad how bad miller is, has fallen since then granted he's his profile and stature has only risen which is i just which is great some me at no end because you know he's he's risen on the back of writing some truly awful abysmal comics but this one it's good all right and with that um that's that's uh, the end of the podcast for now. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So, for, so I guess for all you who um who had the uh, t- tenacity to make it through to the end, um, give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> a pat. You get more than a pat. Um, go see the Avengers, right? Yes. Go. Like I said, ba- I haven't seen it yet, but you know, based on the fact that like all the advanced reviews I've heard of it have been glowing, mm-hmm. um, um, it's like I'm gonna say. It's like I'm gonna say I'm I'm willing to bet that you won't, won't be disappointed, um and I like I said my review will be forthcoming, and I'm hoping it lives up lives up to everything I've read. If not, well it's going to be a very very bitter review. review otherwise, hey you'll get a review one way or another, won't you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, and with that uh, we'll we'll talk to you later on comic picks by the click. Right. See you later everyone. Bye.